talking to real people and not to a camera. No offence. They can hear you. I'm just going to uh, start straight up. We're going to straight into some scripture this morning. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance is in them that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they are given over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in accordance, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, in, with regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to put on... The, uh, to, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do not let, this is verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, for which you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. Later on in, in chapter 5, Paul talks also about this, the same sort of talk, um, obscenity, coarse joking and that bad language. Is that, that's what we're going to focus on today in the midst of all that. So we're just going to have a word from our sponsors and I'll be back. Hands working. There we are. I mentioned to a friend the other, a Christian friend a few months ago, um, there was a TV series I really enjoyed. I really loved it. I was recommending it to her. And uh, she said, well, I said, I, said, I recommend it. It's, it's well produced. It's, it's a great series. Uh, it's had great reviews. But there are, I did, there are a few F-bombs dropped through it. And uh, the response I got from that person was, oh, that doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter. Bad language is, is getting worse in our, in our day and, and it's, it's used, we're getting used to it. It's, it's sometimes combined with anger and bitterness and rage as well. But the question we ask today, does it matter? Does it matter what comes out of our mouths? Cam has been speaking in recent weeks about the ascension gifts, about the teacher, the pastor, the apostle, the evangelist, the prophet, etc. Um... I've been in church long enough to know that people answer questions like this depending a bit on, on their gifting. You know, the teacher might say, oh, well, history has shown that bad language is not good for us and it's bad for our society and, and we need to be careful what we say to each other. And then, and then there's ways you can, um, uh, practical ways you can prevent yourself from swearing. You can have those little rubber band things, you flick yourself, you know. You can stop, you can stop uh, watching so much on bad language on TV, you can do all these practical things. Don't hang around others that swear too much. The pastor might say, well, swearing is an overflow of what's inside you. Unwholesome talk is just an, unders just an overflow of that. So, so if you take care of that, the rest of it takes care of itself. He might say how your language is affecting others around you and you're not setting a good example. The prophet might say, 
no good of this will come, come of your bad language and it will lead to problems in the future. The evangelist just says, doesn't matter as long as they get saved, right? The apostle, I'm not sure how an apostle would react to that question, does it matter? But I do know how this apostle reacted to it, the apostle Paul. He said, I insist that you no longer live as you used to. Don't grow dark in your understanding and, and separated from the life of God. We cannot just say that it doesn't matter when it clearly does. Paul tells us to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. To put off the old self and put on a new one. It's one of those Christian verses that as Christians we just accept. It's one of those normal phrases. To someone hearing this for the first time, it sounds a little strange. How do you put off your old self and put on a different self? It sounds weird. It sounds like a multi-personality disorder. It sounds, sounds weird. How do you remove, how do you take off an old self? A lifetime of bad habits, bitterness, outbursts, not just words, but everything. As I stand here today, I understand for me, I concede for myself, that uh, as a, living up in a Christian home, growing, growing in a Christian home, swearing was always unacceptable. So I have a bit of an advantage for the rest, over the rest of a lot of people. If anything actually came remotely out of my mouth like a swear word, my parents would threaten some kind of mild violence to me. <laughs> the violence didn't happen, but it, there was threats. So swearing was a really foreign language. Other people around me swore at school and stuff, but I didn't, and they noticed. This is followed on with my kids. I really wanted to show my children the, that, that TV series, Chernobyl. Uh, so that's a great, great show. If you, if you, I recommend it. It's, it's great, well-produced. It's, well, it's well done. It's, it tells a great story of what happened in that disaster. But I warned my kids before we watched this. And when I say kids, my kids are in my 20s, so don't show this to kids. Uh, I warned my kids, there are a few F-bombs in this too. And they sort of went, oh, come on, we're, we're not kids anymore. What are you doing? Uh, and I get it. The, the director and the producers are probably trying to portray this particular character as a, a moral, degenerate, arrogant, pig-headed sort of guy. And they're trying to portray the character, so I understand that, but I still think they can do it without swearing anyway. But I wanted to make a point in my house, household. So I, I tell, told my kids, if, if I ever hear the F word out of your mouths, I'll put you in Chernobyl. And they laughed a bit like you did. Uh, but as I wanted to set the standard. I wanted to say, for, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? But I was brought up that way. I, was, I had my brain trained early. It's easy to set a standard now. But what if you're a person who's new to the faith? What if you're someone who has a lifetime of bad habits behind you? 
I think it's important to notice here what Paul is speaking about. You, simply, you can't simply just take off the old self without replacing it for something new. Like putting on a new coat. You can't just put that on without taking the old one off. It's, it's a twofold thing. What does it mean? You know, Jesus said something very familiar in the Gospels. He talked about a huge wedding banquet that was going on. It was the parable of the wedding feast. And how everyone was invited, and most of the people that were invited didn't show up. So he sent his servants around to the, the back alleys and rural areas and asked everyone to come. It's a real picture of, of a salvation message, really. Salvation and forgiveness. But when they came to the, the wedding feast, they were asked to, to change their clothes, to put on a new robe that was provided for by the host. It was a free gift and they were, they were asked, they were required to wear it. A sort of picture of, of God's righteousness covering us. In fact, Jesus spoke of one guy who came along to the party and uh, he refused to change. Refused to change his clothes and put the wedding clothes on. So what he was basically saying to God is, or to, to the master of the house was, I'm happy to eat all your food, I'm happy to drink all your wine and anything else you want to serve up to me, but I'm not changing for anybody. The parable goes on that he's kicked out of the party and worse. And Paul is saying here the same thing. If we don't just put off the old self and that's it, we don't just try and be better, we try and grit our teeth and, and just try in our own strength to be better, we have to don the new clothes as well. New clothes that speak of God's righteousness and God's holiness. In other words, when people look at you, they don't see the old ways, they see God, they see Christ. We can't be like that man that Jesus spoke of. He came along to the wedding feast but refused to change. We cannot accept to live, expect to live only as we want, to say whatever words we like, to behave how we like and still expect God to bless us. So we do just that. We, we put off our old self, our old ways, and we clothe ourselves with the righteousness of God. Then we walk out of this room and we jam our finger in the car door and the language changes again. What do we do then? What happens when we say to God, Lord, let your, let your light shine out of me. Let, me. let people see you and not my old ways. And we're just a bit like, what happens when we rustle coit up there that misses the mark and falls short? I know what many Christians have done in the past. They say it's hopeless to try and be like Christ, it's hopeless to try again, and they give up trying. Which is sad because forgiveness is so simple. What happens in the Christian when they feel the old self coming back in the old ways. First thing you have to do is do not hide. You've got the same problem as our, as our ancestors, Adam and Eve. Well, the first thing they did when they, they messed up is they hid from God. First thing we do is we don't hide. We will feel guilty and that's normal. Try, 
I've heard a lot of talk from Christians in the past that feeling guilty is bad for you, don't carry guilt with you. That feeling guilt when you do something wrong is a normal response. It's meant to happen and it's meant to lead you back to God. So he deals with it and you don't carry that guilt for the rest of your life. Paul gives us these simple instructions in Romans. He says, confess your sin to God. He is faithful and just to forgive our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then we simply start again. We pick up the rifle again, we aim higher and we pull the trigger. The other day I was watching Swamp Men. You watch that show, Swamp People? We're going to get that gator, we shoot him, shoot him. You know that one where they, they speak English but they still put the subtitles there. <laughs> there is a, a father and son team on that show. There's a few father and son teams but this particular one, he, he's very vocal about his faith on TV. He's a Christian. He's got that long ponytail, you know, you feel like snipping it off. Um, but he's, he's very vocal, I'm, I'm a Christian. But this particular day they were floating along this, the bayou and uh, the, the young, young guy spots this gator and they're, they're a bit short on their catch and they're after this big gator. So he just sights him up on his rifle across the water, which is something you never do if you're shooting a rifle. You never point at the water because it ricochets off and hits someone else. But he did. He pointed straight at the water and anyway, he shot the gator. Then they were worried he's going to sink to the bottom. So they flat out in the boat across to, the, to get to the gator and get the hook in him and put him up. And he wasn't dead properly. They had to shoot him again. and They finally got him. But in the process of all the panic and didn't want to lose the gator, this guy that said he was a Christian let out a few words that were beeped and the subtitles were all squiggly and, you know... And I thought, this is strange, this guy professes to be a Christian, what's he going to do now? And after it all calmed down, after it all settled down, he got on camera and said, you know, you know I'm, I, I don't like those words that came out of my mouth there. You know. He actually confessed his sin on TV. I thought, good on him. Here he is, a guy professing to be a Christian, and he slipped up, he missed the mark, confessed his sin and, and got back on with it. I thought, good on him, he's, he's set this standard. Picked up your weapon, adjusted his sights, aimed a little higher and tried again. There was a, a f- post on Facebook just the other day, this guy having this absolute rant on all the, all the protests going on lately, you know, and all of everything... And uh, I read some of it, agreed with some of it, didn't agree with some of it. I really, I didn't know whose point he was proving. What I noticed was his openings, his line, his opening line in that whole rant was, I am shaking with blind rage at the moment. Now, I don't get on into online arguments at all, but I felt like saying to him, you know, the first thing you need to do is get rid of your blind, shaky rage you're going to see a lot clearer. On top of not letting unwholesome talk coming out of our mouths, 
as Paul says again in, in chapter 5, obscenity, foolish talk, called coarse joking. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. They, all these things seem to be in the same family, don't they? And it sounds all too familiar at the moment. And in the middle of that, in, in verse 30, Paul drops this in there. He says, these things will grieve the Holy Spirit. Not just upset him, not just tick him off, not annoy him. It will grieve him. Grieve him is one of those words that we use when we go to a funeral. Then we grieve the loss of someone. The loss of someone close. And what upsets the Holy Spirit and indeed God in this, in this instance, in our, in our language and our anger and all that, he grieves the loss of something we, he hoped we'd become. He grieves the loss of intimacy and the, the closeness. Because we've refused to get rid of the old self and put on the new clothes. You know, Jesus is having one of these arguments with the Pharisee leaders, as he usually did. And they, they were arguing with Jesus why he didn't do his ceremonial washing before he ate his food and... Jesus, in his typical fashion, turned this whole thing around, probably knowing the sin of these guys, knowing their hearts. And he said, you know, it's not, nothing to do, that what you put into your mouth does not make you unclean. It's the stuff that comes out of your mouth that makes you unclean. Because it's an overflow of what's your heart, your heart condition is. It's the stuff that comes out of you. You might say, my, my workplace is full of swearing and unwholesome talk. Do, what do I do? do? Should I say I'm offended? Should, should we live like the Amish, Amish and chuck the TV out the window? It's very tempting. I still say life would be so much easier if they would let me have a remote control and shock collars on the rest of you. And if you say so, I'd just stop you. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be simpler? It'd save a lot of meetings. Even God doesn't do that. Even God doesn't do that. There's nothing we can do to change what comes out of others' mouths. We can control ourselves. Let others see the new self. Let them see Christ in you and have an answer ready for them when they ask the question, why don't you swear? If we don't raise this standard, then everything has a way of falling to the lowest common denominator. And there is a new generation counting on us to keep the standard high. Raise their trajectory, aim higher, adjust your sights, and try again. Because it matters. It really matters. Let's pray. Lord, we are reminded today to put on the new self. Take off the old self and put on the new one. The, the clothes of righteousness that you've given us for free. And I pray, Lord, today we would accept that challenge that we would put off our old self.
put on the new self. And if at times, Lord, we, we fall short, if times we miss the mark, we simply go back to you, repent and get back on the wagon. I pray, Lord, that we would all take up that challenge today, that we would raise our trajectory, aim higher and live to a higher standard, live to a godly standard that you call us to. We thank you, Lord, and we commit this word to you and its purposes in people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.